We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson. I am working here on Tuesday afternoon. I know last night I uh, said I might uh, try to get Iztok Franco on the show, but the schedule or the perils of scheduling someone halfway across the world, he was not available. Uh, and so I reached out instead to my wonderful co-editor at MavsMoneyBall.com, Doyle Raider. Doyle, how are you? I'm well, Kirk. How are you doing? I'm okay. So have you, for those who didn't know... Doyle was on a how many day long thing working for the state fair? How many days uh, well, was it? It was, you know, in total three months, but I was every single day for about 32 days. So he, he basically did 18 hour days at the state fair for the entire time it was open. Um, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. If, if you've ever gone to the Texas state fair, the amount of work that goes into that is bananas. And he was doing, um, some PR and press work with them, which meant checking his Instagram feed at all hours of the night would get some amazing photos of things that were going on. But anyways, so I wanted to bring you on today because you are one of, uh, you know, there's a fair number of media who go to Mavs games. Um, and now that we're able to go to Mavs games, it's, it's a nice being, back in in the building and so i since you've now i want to say you've been to at least three games this year uh at least two it's they all kind of blur together now sure sure well you were at the 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 luca game winner the other night and there's something about you know there you you get a lot on watching tv but there's something about being in the building kind of a vibe a sense of of what's going on and how the how the team feels and how all that stuff goes down and first, I just wanted to kind of take your temperature on what you think. I, I was just having a conversation with friend of the show, Nick Angstad, about um, how weird this season feels. Like, main trending positive because they're obviously seven and three, but it's just like, it's 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 odd. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to make of this team. Uh, I, I think uh, Jalen Brunson said it best after the game last night. He said that they're a work in progress, and I couldn't have put it better. Because 
they don't look good for huge stretches of games. And like their record being seven and three is pretty remarkable because they're not winning pretty. They're barely winning at all. Some of these games. And then the ones they lose, they lose really badly. In their defense, they've not lost in a couple in, in like a week now. And so right. the, the, the vibes are, are trending North. Um, what, I don't know. I, I've, I was just kind of talking about how some of the feedback that I'm getting this year, both from fans and then people who hate me, it's it, like really all over the map because I, I think that, you know, people who watch every game are pleased that they're seven and three, but there's just like this kind of sense of, huh. And it's not like foreboding. Earlier in the year, Josh and I were like waiting for the other shoe to drop and thinking that something real bad was going to happen. But I'm looking at the schedule and I'm looking at the rest of the league and they're playing good enough to win. They're not playing outright terrible. Like they're just kind of eh. And then if you're if you're eh and you got a guy like Luca who can drag you across the finish line or a couple of other guys on the team like like a, a Chris Stapps Porzingis who has yet to get hot, you know, a Tim Hardaway Jr. who is just a fire. He was, he's a big reason why they were able to pull away last night and uh, against the, the Pelicans. And it's just. I, I think that that I'm finally maybe starting to turn a corner from being ambivalent about this team to being like, okay, maybe this is just going to be who they are for a while. Yeah, I mean, I expected there to be a learning curve with the whole new coaching staff that was brought in. I mean, the offense has looked good at times when they move the ball and then when – they decide not to and they go isolation or post up everything just kind of stops and plays disintegrate pretty much as, as they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think they are getting a lot of good looks and their shots just aren't following. And I think that's a lot of the issue with the offense outside of just, you know, the stagnation that comes with, you know, some of the, uh, some of the plays that they run. Well, let me ask you this. So if you were to offer sort of some praise of what you've seen so far and then offer some some criticism, what are the first things that jump to mind? Uh, Jalen Brunson has been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> He's carrying this team, essentially, you know, for as, as much as he can off in, in his role. I mean, Luca is going to be Luca, uh, Right. He's, he's definitely taken some uh, – some games and some halves off this year and has looked at times completely disinterested in playing basketball. But then, you know, he snaps into it when they need him most and, you know, like he'll hit the game winner or something, but he didn't look particularly interested against Boston for a lot of that game until. Yeah. Talk to me about that. What did he, you, I, cause I, I, I kind of enjoyed that game and both. Oh, he played and well, then... but like he definitely just, you know, he was walking it up. He was fussing at his teammates. He wasn't getting back on defense for a lot of the first half. I mean, you know, he was finding his shots, but it, it just the body language. And then, you know, at one point he walked to all after like a, a timeout or something. I don't remember which team called it, but he walked to all three of the officials at various corners of the court to say something to them. And it's like, I mean, we know he we know he trips at officials. I don't usually have a problem with that, but the fact that he went out of his way to go to all three of them, like as do you a think he's being? Called. Do you think he's being more or less demonstrative on that sort of stuff? I think less. 
I mean, he he definitely yells at him a lot still, but like he only has one tech this year, so. Mm. But okay. yeah, I mean, he checked himself like mentally back into the game when Boston went on a run. Like, but he was playing well, but he can kind of just coast and look better than you know three fourths of the league. Mm. So, well, so you have been doing pre and post game ability when you have time for years. Mm-hmm. Um, what is different about the new coaching staff and what's kind of and really the team, I guess, in comparison to the Rick Carlisle team of yeah, of last year and before? Well, uh, Jason Kidd seems a lot nicer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and he seems a bit more forthcoming about stuff about the team. Like he's still going to like cage everything and coach speak and not really – you know, show his hand, but he's not as kind of weird and wild about it as Carlisle was. Um, in terms of the players, I mean, it's been the same team for forever. Uh, I think Frank Milikina tried to say that right. Well, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's been really good. He seems like an incredibly positive person, and he's he's played well. I mean, I think you were talking in Slack or on Twitter last night about his just crazy shooting numbers because you know you'll see the ball go in occasionally but he's still shooting pretty bad because he's had a few really bad games of shooting the ball but he's really positive i think that's good uh reggie bullock has been nice too for them he just seems like it, it, it's once he has like a breakout game mm-hmm. i i think it, it, some of the questions he seems like a really interesting guy like yeah it, it it's just in terms of his personal story like if you've ever read about him i don't want to get too deep into it here but he's experienced some kind of you know deeply personal tragedy seems that he's he's been very affecting to him he has a like a i think he has a set of young twins and he's just like I, I don't know. I'm relating to him on a number of levels as as I'm following him this year because he just it, there's something about his age and my age, and I just I really am enjoying following following him. And I don't know it. This all kind of relates back to the early like just oddness of the team because they're still working out rotations. They're still kind of figuring out roles. You know, he closed that Boston game the other night, which was a lot of fun. And I'm I'm. I'm really curious as to whether, and and I want your feedback on this. Josh and I were talking about how instead of having a closing lineup, I'm really thinking that what the Mavericks are building towards is having, a, you know, a lot of guys that they feel like they can trust regardless of the situation. Like it, last year it was always the same group of guys, kind of has been for years. And now it's like, okay, well, they could play Dorian if things worked out. They could do, and, and you know, Brunson, Luca, Dorian – uh, Hardaway, uh, Bullock, uh, Porzingis, and Maxi is like seven guys that you can choose from to play when it matters. And I, I don't know. It 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 feels weird to be both. I'm still like very doubtful of their overall chances, but I think right now I'm still sort of sticking to my guns about them being a pretty good regular season team. Just maybe not remotely in the way that I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I can see that. I still. I still think they're playing above what, you know, the wins I think are coming, but I think they're playing a little bit below where that win level is, that threshold of seven wins. They don't look like a seven win team right now and in mm. 10 games in the season. No, but you know, the, <laughs> sorry, that's all right. 
crazy loud dogs. Uh, but yeah, so where was I? Um, just talking about like the, yeah, this, way this, yeah, this the closing lineup. lineup. Yeah. yeah, so Carlisle had always preached it's next man up, but it never really felt that way. Like with, with him, he like had his set ways, and it kind of does feel like it's next man up with this team. And they say that they've said that to a person. I mean, just even starting like playing all 15 guys on, you know, the home opener, like that says something that sends a message, you know, with the, mm-hmm. the council deciding that of all things, but uh, it really feels that way. Cause I mean, you're seeing, you know, much to your chagrin, Sterling Brown getting minutes out there. And I think he, <laughs> he might not be hitting shots, but I think he's playing pretty well. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but He's a roller coaster right now, finding his role, and that's okay because if if yeah. he figures something out as like a ninth guy, that's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely, and that's kids playing like I think in the first half, either last night or against Boston, he'd already played ten guys. Uh-huh. Like that's pretty crazy. Like that's something you haven't seen out of a Dallas team in a while. Like you don't normally get to ten guys unless things are going bad, basically. Right. Right. Well, this brings us to kind of the, the the overarching reason I reached out to you to begin with is I just published a story you've been working on for a couple of days uh, about Porzingis returning from injury. And it's it, it's a good story, really. Like, you put a lot more into this than I thought you were going to. Um, because, it's you know, one, one of the things that people may not know is that Christoph Porzingis is a, is a great quote. Like, he will – if you have a specific question – he will answer it, which is not the case all the time. Right. Um, and, and so I just, you know, wanted to know what, what you've thought of him so far, and then I'll give my piece. Sure. I thought, you know, I think he's looked pretty good, all things considered. Like, he looked really good in the Boston game because he was really active. He was moving. He was cutting. He was getting to the rim. Those are all the things you want to see from him. And I was a little worried with some of those after the, some of those dunks, the way he lands. I was like, oh, gosh, let's land on two feet here, KP. Mm. But, uh, you know, he couldn't buy a three that night. But, you know, he had some open looks that just didn't go down. He's going to have a crazy game. Yeah. I, I have a, just the looks that he's getting. He hit – he was three of eight last night against the Pelicans. And – the shot looked better than the shots he was taking earlier before he returned, like bef- at the start of the season. Cause mm-hmm. before at one point in the season, he was shooting like 20% from three, which is impressive given how good of a shooter he is. So it's, I, I, I was really, I'm as bullish as I can be because I'm always kind of constantly waiting for the next injury and it's not his fault. It's just the way his body is built, but it's really mm-hmm. kind of amazing what him just existing does to the rest of the offense where everything else feels smoother with what the Mavericks are trying to do. Even when he like gunks up the situation by like demanding a random post up, like right. I, I've really like him in the offense. It's like, okay, I don't want to see the Porzingis list offense anymore. I, I'm I, it's, it's too brutal, but I, I'm really enjoying watching him play. Yeah. He's he, like, like you said, it's really just the post-ups that I have an issue with him doing because he's not been good at them. Like he, like I mentioned in the piece, like smaller defenders bully him in the post and knock the ball away and just disrupt the entire thing. And, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the team just kind of stands around. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't move to like free themselves up in case it doesn't work, but you know, defensively though. Yeah. He's, he's, 
He's a step slower than he was. But he was, he's not as bad. Like last year, he was almost like he, he, he was unmovable. Like the guy couldn't right. move around. And this in comparison um, is pretty crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, he's, it's he's nice still blocking shots. Yeah. Yeah. He, and like, that's really what you want from him. I think like before he went out, he had a four shot game, like early, one of the early games, one of the first three, so, or four block shot game. But yeah, like, and he's gotten two total the last two games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still challenging shots. He's there, but he he is getting beat off the dribble if guys are coming at him from the perimeter. Essentially. Now, what's the, on the post game stuff and in the availability, how would you compare his vibe? to last year uh he's always kind of at the a very even keel he doesn't oh, really? ever yeah he doesn't ever get too down he gets pretty introspective at times but uh i mean him coming back uh you could tell he was ready okay. he, yeah you could tell he was ready to come back and play just based on you know what he was saying and how he was saying it so I mean, I'm I'm personally happy to see him back out there. I mean, I don't wish any ill will towards him. I'd like to see him be a successful basketball player on the Mavericks, you know. Right. So, but uh, you know, the offense looks better with him. Period. Like, <laughs> I hope they they can move him to center and like just put Kyle on the bench or something. And I just don't know if they can. I think the 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 injury concerns about asking him to cover a lot of ground is like a floor space. Like one of the things Powell does well, and Isdok showed me this, but I knew it. I just, just putting it to visual is pretty helpful. We're like, Powell's really good at like challenging, like far, like shots that are, if he has to over rotate and like go oh, and yeah. chase the three point line, mm-hmm. KP doesn't do that. And no, it's not can't. because he's, it's not because he's lazy. It's just, he cannot do it. I think right. it, it puts his, himself at too much. And so if, if he's not going to be able to cover ground, they can't give up shots that way. So like our, our, uh, our contributor, Lauren Gunn put in a piece about how they need a different type of big man. Like she has four trade targets and it's, it's worth checking out. I think you, I think everybody should go read it where she, and and that's the sort of thing to where I think if they're if they're intent on playing Porzingis with another big, it's gonna like the effective one. I think is they need a little bit of Maxi, but even Maxi doesn't necessarily work that well. And and they have to figure out someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of her trade targets are probably too expensive. Like Mitchell Robinson isn't going to leave the Knicks, but it's worth you know. It's like the kind of guys that we would pine after Miles Turner and like your Daniel Gaffords of the world. But they're like bigs are are I want I don't want to say they're easy to come by, but they're probably more straightforward than a small. So it's I really don't think the Mavericks can continue playing with this lineup of bigs. Um, where it's like like a lot of fans clamor for Boban. But Boban and KP can't really play together a ton. And right. I think that Willie has just shown that he is not interested in playing. Um, I don't know how Jason Kidd keeps throwing him out there with how just ineffective he's been. So, I mean, some of those lineups with Willie, though, have a crazy plus minus. Ah, they do. It's so dumb. And it's like, it's like, ugh. And he, he's making the difference. It's that, that stat drives me, drives me nuts. Is your dog? Your dog is a big Willie fan. I appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah, very much. That's ah, okay. People whining, whining for Willie. 
people understand we're doing this in the mud from our homes and these things happen. I'm not, we're not audio experts. Um, well, Doyle, thank you for hopping on today. I just wanted to chat for a little bit. Do you have uh, anything else that you want to get off your chest or anything you're kind of looking forward to with these Mavericks? Uh, honestly, the next game uh, against Chicago, like two, seven, and three teams. Chicago is playing really, really good basketball right now. And we'll see if the Mavericks uh, look as good as their record a win, says. Yeah, a win against them would be pretty would be would be pretty pretty important. Um, uh, that would be a statement win this early in the season if you can even have them. I mean, I think I think that's true. Yeah. All right, man. You have a uh, you have a nice day, um, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and uh, Doyle Raider at Mavs Moneyball. Please subscribe and review the podcast, and we will talk to you guys after the Chicago Bulls game.